Either you believe it is worth better connecting the regions and the, the big provincial cities in England to each other and to London, or you don't. You either see there is a need to rebalance the economy, strengthen the economy of the Midlands and the North, and while we're at it, why not remember there's a place called Scotland and North Wales and so on. Either you believe that's worth investing in or you don't. Welcome to Calling All Stations, the transport podcast. I'm Christian Walmart, an author and journalist who has covered transport for the past 30 years. In every episode, we try to keep you up to date with the most engaging news stories, policy developments and interviews in the transport world. And with me is my regular co-presenter, Mark Walker, who has spent decades looking at transport policies and legislation. So, Mark, what have we got today? Hello, Christian, and hello to our listeners. We have a special episode today with just one item, an interview with Jim Steer, the director of Green Gauge 21. Jim is acknowledged as a real expert on all matters to do with high-speed rail, but in particular on the HS2 project, which, of course, has featured highly in the news in recent months and in several episodes of this podcast. Jim's going to give us his perspective on all of this in a level of detail, which I think he hasn't done previously since the announcement of the cancellation of the sections of HS2 north of Birmingham. So here's your interview. Given the uh, problems with uh, HS2 and where to go now, and given that we're likely to have a Labour government sometime uh, this year, uh, the new ministers are going to be faced with the problem of what to do with this kind of you know half-baked scheme, which is what it's ended up being. Uh, so I thought there was no better person to go to than uh, Jim Steer, the uh, director of uh, Green Gauge 21, uh, who has long kind of uh, sponsored and promoted the idea of HS2, um, to uh, try to take us through the options for the Labour Party. So, Jim, just to start with, you must have been pretty shocked by both the fact that this was cut back in this way between Birmingham and Crewe, but also the manner in which it happened. Well, it was uh, it was a shock. Um, I don't think anybody really saw this coming, uh, including um, even the uh, Department for Transport and the Secretary of State for Transport. So uh, why should I be surprised and uh, not be surprised? Is that right? You think it was bounced even on him, was it? Well, the Secretary of State for Transport, of course, signed off um, on the decision and Network North and so on. Um, but I think it's uh, known that... Um, uh, the department was brought in fairly late. I think the permanent secretary has said, well, they didn't know about it until the end of August um, for a decision being made at the beginning of October. That basically gives you a month to sort out what you're really going to do, including dreaming up, well, this idea of, uh, well, here's £36 billion that we were going to spend on Asia 2 Let's spend it on what I've uh, chosen to call a smorgasbord of other transport projects. But it's important to remember this fundamental thing. The government wasn't, the prime minister, government wasn't saying, we're going to save the money we would have spent on HS2. It's saying we're going to spend it on other parts of transport, mainly on the road network. So I think it was a... 
a bad news day for the rail sector, uh, of which HS2 in forward planning terms have become an inseparable part. Yeah, right. I was shocked. Yes, okay. Uh, and indeed, uh, it's quite remarkable that also uh, that this is a capital expenditure and then they're going to spend it on operating expenditure to fill potholes. So they're not only transferring from rail, they're transferring it to uh, a road, but also transferring it from you know long-term capital expenditure to patching up the roads. Uh, the whole thing, uh, you know, I think is is just completely incoherent. But uh, okay, so we are where we are. Um, you are the Secretary of State for Transport. Um, you've just got the job uh, in the autumn of uh, 2024. You've got some decisions to make about HS2. What, what would you What would you try to do? I think it's actually very clear and it's not hard. Uh, I mean, there are a whole bunch of reviews underway that, you know, the Secretary of State's going to gather up and say, oh, look at this, look at that. But basically what Labour needs to do is to say, right, well, this may have been shot badly, but it hasn't capsized. We can build and we should build and we should aim to do it by 2030 or very soon thereafter, a complete railway from Euston to Crewe. There's powers to do all of that. This includes so-called phase 2A from Hansacre to Crewe. Build that because if you build that, you can create a coherent step forward for the National Rail Network. Uh, okay, there's then lots of options after that. But the key, the key message I would have as Secretary of State Thank you. Thank you for giving me the role. I would right. say you, you might be sacked by the end of this conversation. Yeah, well, and, and it may not be a Labour government, of course. But yes. um, this will bring about transformational benefit to rail travel uh, in Britain. It's a step worth taking. Uh, unfortunately, the last government made the mistake of chopping off really probably the most critical section of route. Don't worry. The land hasn't been sold. We have all the powers. It the bit that was chopped off that I'm saying should be added back in has a budget of around six to seven billion pounds. So think of it as spending a billion pound a year over the next uh, six or seven years, which is what it will take. The, in transport budget terms, it's not huge. You will pre create a coherent whole. You then uh, say, well, what about the rest of it? Uh, phase 2B, Crew Manchester, and so on, uh, where the business case is a lot worse. I mean, Phase 2A, uh, Hansacre to Crew, is a very strong business case. It's around two to one. It's not expensive. All the alternatives to it have been looked at and dismissed. Even arch opponents of Phase 2A, like Jack Brereton, local MP, said, well, we'll need to widen that section of route. You can't widen that section of route without causing huge uh, local adverse impacts. So we get on and do it, get it to crew. Uh, and then, OK, the next big question, well, what about the rest of it? Phase 2B and so on. Uh, let me pause there because the rest of it is much more complicated. That first bit is pretty straightforward. Get on and do it. Uh, and put right this this completely okay, irrational. Well, I, uh, first of all, there there is okay uh, one 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 objection and then one uh, point. The, the objection is: look, we're now up to sixty-seven billion for the first bit, uh, which is 
uh, Old Oak Common to uh, uh, Birmingham. You know, there's no guarantee that will even get within that. I mean, if you're a new Labour government with lots of kind of competing expenditure uh, possibilities, would you really prioritise adding more billions to that to, to create this railway? Well, if you don't, you're, you're causing yourself a, a big problem. First of all, you, you're adding to it the, the big constraint on the West Coast Main Line, which is between the West Midlands and Crewe. Um, if you want to look at it in just cash terms for Treasury, think about this. What happened to the Channel Tunnel Rail Link? Um, it was built, it was completed, service had got up and running, and then, admittedly, a Conservative government said, hmm, is there anything on the stocks we can kind of sell off, uh, help Treasury out? It let a long-term concession. It was worth a few billion pounds. And this is relative to HS2, quite a short railway with not a lot of value apart from getting people from uh, London to Paris. Not that many. It's not that intensively used. We don't know what government plans, whether Conservative or Labour, will be once HS2 is complete, up and running, provable. At that point, the, all the risk transfer issues around privatising a bit of infrastructure did disappear. We don't know if it will be done. But I tell you this, if you don't build phase 2A, the value of phase 1, which is where the big money is, Euston to Birmingham, Hans Acre, will be a lot less. Well, that was my so point. That was my six second or seven point. Yes. Well, well, how do you leave? How do you uh, how do you cope with with just having that? Yeah, or you don't. You just it think it's not well. And also, also, if you want to extract some value of it, uh, which quite possible. I mean, government's never committed uh, to doing this, but it's quite possible, of course. Uh, you can see as an investor, if you're a Canadian teacher's pension fund, or maybe even a British pension fund. Oh, look, I will get income out of track fees if I buy this on a long-term concession. You could do the same thing. You can't do it without phase 2A because the whole thing is damaged. So that six to seven billion is probably will pay for itself even in cash terms to trade. So you could privatize it, basically. Well, you could. I'm not advocating doing that. I'm saying you could. You're challenging me saying, why spend some more money on it? I'm saying, well, right. if you don't, you've ruled out that option or you've diminished massively the value you get from it. OK, so th then there's the other bit you're talking about, the Euston to Old Oak Common bit. You also say that ought to be built. Uh, the government has said this could be built by the private sector. I've always been deeply suspicious that I presume you are too. So who's who? how, how are you going to cope with that bit? And, and that is a really very expensive bit. It's long planned. It's in the huge sum that you quote in your words for building phase. One. Some of it. There's about four billion of it in, in that 67 billion, apparently. And it might well, well cost more than four billion. It is essential, obviously, uh, to make HS2 work. There's been, uh, you know, talk of huge private sector contributions out of the development for use, and they are, I'm afraid, fanciful. And I speak from experience in my uh, consultancy back in the day of funding major transport projects in London with private sector funding, and you'll know those well. Um, yes. it, it's completely impossible to get the scale of uh, funding out of property development at Euston, and quite inappropriate. 
So you have to face up to it. This is a piece of national infrastructure. We have been funding this through public sector, uh, government funding. Yes, it's got more expensive, uh, but so too, I have to say, is just about every infrastructure project you could pick to do instead. Either you believe it is worth better connecting the regions and the, the big provincial cities in England, both better to, to each other and to London, or you don't. You either see there is a need to rebalance the economy, strengthen the economy of the Midlands and the North, and while we're at it, why not remember there's a place called Scotland and North Wales and so on. Either you believe that's worth investing in or you don't. Get so that would be it. your big message to uh, Keir Starmer, which is uh, holding it, because he's already intimated that he he, he might not reinstate um, the Birmingham, to the Hansacre to, to crew bit. And, and you'd think that would be a fundamental mistake. And and. Just as a last point, I mean, what would happen if we do just get left with what I've called the Acton to Aston shuttle? Do you think that really will be a completely useless kind of railway? I'm, I'm not even prepared to think about it. Oh, really? Um, what? But I think so if, you look at, if you look at, well, it's completely ridiculous, isn't it? You, you, you might as well talk about the Romney High and Dimchurch for its relevance to the national economy. I mean, That's a great you, quote, Jim. Yeah, I, I, what I think Sir Keir Starmer actually said was, w w I can't commit to funding to get HS2 to Manchester. That's yeah. what he said. Now, that's part of the phase 2B story as much as phase 2A helps you get to crew, but then you've got this more expensive and more problematic link, really, in that there's not really a very good business case for it. And part of the reason for that was and you have to cast your memory back here to the end of the Oakerville review and government's reaction to it, where the bit north of Crewe actually got its left-hand branch pruned off it. Right. The bit that was in the view, of, we said this at the time, Granger's view is, well, really, if you're up against it and think you can't afford it, I'm afraid you have to trim off the branch to Manchester because you can still get trains there. It's very constrained. You can't run long trains into the existing station, blah de blah But HS2 is a scheme that works over long distances. We seem to have forgotten Scotland. We've forgotten the rest of Lancashire and Cumbria. So the key link north of Crewe is actually to Wigan. I mean, we want the link to Manchester as well. But that's already been chopped off. Now, going back to that, and this is an expensive bit of schemes, tunnels into Manchester, long tunnel, new stations, they're expensive, unlike Hansacre to Crewe, which is pretty straightforward. Question, what should the Labour Party, Labour government, sorry, do about this? We're now in government, aren't we? There we go. Uh, what am I going to do about this? Um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to think very hard about how best to take this forward. That means it may not happen in the way that was planned. I am not going to commit to funding that. What am I going to commit You're not going to, to commit to funding the Manchester bit, basically. Crew Manchester. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't forget the Department for Transport, basically, I, I think trying to work up the case for this, had been told to take it forward, said, ah, well, this can form part of Northern Powerhouse Rail. Oh, well, that's a completely different thing. And, of course, the Labour Party 
in opposition and probably the Labour government will say, oh, no, we're very committed to making these improvements in the north because you're rather doomed on the red wall seats if you don't say that. It's rather tiresome, but politicians will say they're committed to these things. But actually, none of the proper planning has been done on this. And let me explain what I mean by that. There's been a bit of a fixation, and it's run for around 10 years, on the links between the big cities in the north. We need them to be faster, more frequent, and so on. Well, that's part of what the north needs, clearly. And it was in the northern powerhouse vision that uh, was articulated back in 2014. So, okay, what's really needed to improve those links? Now, as a railway person... You might think, oh, well, maybe it's electrified. Yes, need to be electrified. Could they be speeded up? Well, hang on, there's a mix of services. It'd be good to. The problems are in the big cities, in the centre of the big cities, in particular Manchester and also Leeds, but especially Manchester. Unless you tackle the problems in a comprehensive way, thinking about all of the needs, freight, local transport, what you're going to do with Metrolink, expand it, intercity, Transpennine. Unless you think of all those in a combined sense, it won't work. We've got a half-built so-called northern hub in Manchester. As HS2 services come in, there's going to be more people who are going to want to access Piccadilly by train from around the northern side of Manchester, as well as from the city centre. Where's the solution? So that's where the priority really has to be. And you have to look at these things segment by segment across the north. So where is the coherent plan for the northwest? You know, HS2 needs to fit in with that, but so does a coherent freight strategy. We know, I mean, 75% increase in freight governments uh, committed to, fantastic. But it was meant to be a doubling of freight. Phase 2A had something to do with that. But, you know, you have to look at those things together. Um, I'm not saying, therefore, you've given me the job. Thank you. I can't yet guarantee that we'll do Crew Manchester. We might do. We might look at other ways of doing it. We'll certainly look to do it in combination with other things so that you get a coherent whole. Because what people in the North want is a rail service that works. It won't uh, uh, absolutely, Jim, but, but you've left with a problem here, then. So, OK, we get the uh, Hans Acre to Crewe bit belt. What what do we do with those trains uh, when they get to Crewe? I mean, uh, Crewe is not a destination. I mean, what 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 what, what happens to them? I, and we have, do we have these long trains? What, what, what happens? Well, I think that uh, the, the, there was always going to be a problem between Phase 2A and Phase 2B. And Phase 2B, let's be realistic, possibly has a timescale of 2040, probably 10 years behind 2A, and it could get longer. What has to happen, first of all, is you're going to have to face up to the fact that you can't run shorter trains than run today between Manchester and London. Right. So HS2 is technical detail, but they're 200-metre-long trains you can pair them up and have a 400-metre-long tra- train. Well, you can't get a 400-metre-long train into Piccadilly or, indeed, Liverpool-Lime Street. So we're going to have to modify that and probably have a 250-metre train, slightly shorter than a Pendolino, but the capacity will be pretty much the same. 
So you have to think through the practical. I, I would suggest thinking in terms of five-year milestones with this. You know, where, where are we going to be at the end of the 2020s, mid-2030s, 2040s? There's no realism about these timescales. Um, we, we desperately need that. The Trans-Pennine route upgrade is progressing. I mean, who wouldn't say complete that? I mean, it's not committed yet. Uh, the expenditure on electrifying the route all of the way. I mean, that's the plan. Um, I'm not saying government doesn't want to do it, but it's not yet signed off on that. These things are happening. What are we going to do in Liverpool? You can't sort out Manchester without knowing what you're going to do in Liverpool and so on. These things will cost money. Would you choose to spend 15 to 20 billion on phase 2B? I'm not sure you would once you look at it in that context. And I think uh, a wise... Uh, Secretary of State for Transport would would conclude the same. Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, that's uh, you've surprised me with some of those answers, actually. Uh, uh, but I think that's a a, a very measured and uh, uh, interesting response to uh, the problem. Um, let's see uh, what happens if and when we do get this Labour government, and whether they make any sensible decisions around it. So, uh, uh, thank you uh, for coming on the program. Not at all, Christian. Good to see you. Well, Mark, what I found really interesting about that is uh, Jim was so scathing about the idea of leaving this as what I've dubbed the Acton to Aston shuttle, uh, saying it was no more use than the Romney, Hyde and Dimchurch Railway. And that's pretty amazing from uh, somebody who you know, was really behind the whole idea of HS2 and that was promoted it uh, for many years. And, and indeed, I think really was one of the people who uh, actually managed to uh, convince politicians to build it. And now he's saying that, you know, if they leave it as it is with just this one line, uh, then uh, connecting, you know, Old Oak Common with uh, Birmingham Curzon Street, it won't be much use. And, and that's pretty extraordinary, given that this is going to cost us, uh, at the last uh, reckoning, £67 billion. It's like we're going to be left with this huge feature in the landscape that possibly future generations, perhaps even people hundreds of years of, from now, will look on with in bafflement and amazement, possibly even trying to work out what it was for like kind of NASCAR lines or, or, or something Adrian's like that. Wall. <laughs> well, at least we, we were clear on the purpose of Adrian's Wall <laughs> overall. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I found uh, Jim's uh, interview very insightful uh, that he gave to you. But also the um, he brought out the illogicality of not completing the like, phase 2A from Birmingham to Crewe for which the parliamentary powers, the legislation has already been approved. And the actual cost of that section in relation to the enormous benefit it, un it unlocks, uh, benefits it unlocks, uh, is really quite dramatic. And, and why we can't at least see that section completed is, is looking in increasingly, I think, incongruous in the commentary around this issue. Yes, I mean, if you were going to cut uh, one bit, actually, that was the bit that seems the best value, the, the highest uh, uh, benefit to cost ratio, the, the most useful in terms of the uh, national rail network, you know, providing uh, extra 
uh, route where it's most needed. So uh, yes, I mean it's it's, it's why it's, you know it has been seen as just a kind of completely random decision, and uh, you know we know that from the chaotic launch of the of the decision to cut it in 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 the, the, the Tory Party conference where really Richie Sunak's speech barely made any sense at all and he, he was clearly kind of completely out of his depth and now we're left with this stump of a line and basically I think what Jim says poses problems for the Labour Party if it takes power as we expect and hope uh, by the end of this year what is it going to do about it because certainly committing extra funds to this line is not going to be a popular decision but Jim is basically saying you also have to connect it up to Euston and that the private sector is never going to do that. And I think you've made the point in one of our previous episodes that there's a lot of logic in Euston to crew and a lot of the costs are already committed. So were a future government of any complexion to decide to complete uh, that section of the route, it would have a kind of intellectual... Uh, and planning logic that the current uh, uh, shuttle, as you put it, from Acton to Aston doesn't have. I think the politics of this are also becoming increasingly interesting in that on a recent episode of the BBC Laura Koonsberg show, uh, which uh, featured a focus group of voters talking about their intentions this year in, in relation to a possible general election, the, uh, the the cancellation of HS2 actually did register with the group as something that was seen as, as doing down the north of Britain um, and was becoming a factor in voters' choices. So you can see on the one hand, the problem that the Conservatives have made for themselves by cancellation, but also the potential missed opportunity for Labour if they don't come up with some kind of package that involves making the most of HS2? Well, uh, yes. I mean, the, the problem, of course, is, is uh, as you know, the, the cost. And, uh, you know, the cost of Euston uh, is at least four and a half billion just, you know, just to build the station itself, uh, as well as kind of the connecting uh, tunnels, uh, you know, from Old Oak Common into uh, Euston. That's going to be another, you know, five or six billion. So say 10 billion for that thing. And then, you know, an estimated, you know, five to 10 billion for the uh, crew sections. And that's another 20 billion. And, you know, we're, we're talking serious money at some stage of this to add to the 67 billion that's already been spent. So we're not going to get away very much short of, uh, you know, nearly 100 billion for a line that even if, if it does make sense, which it does, Houston to crew, um, it's still an extraordinary expense in relation to uh, government expenditure uh, generally. Uh, but, you know, Keir Starmer is going to be faced with, with having to make uh, decisions over this with really no easy option. Calling All Stations, the Transport Podcast with Christian Walmart is produced by Cogitamus Limited, a leading provider of public affairs consultancy services in the sector. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please consider giving us a five-star rating with whichever platform you use. 
Do also follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. Our handle is at All Stations Pod.